It's interesting. A lot of times parents ask me, what am I supposed to say? And a lot of times I ask the parents, do you really know the answer? And they say no. And I'm like, so what's your question? What am I supposed to say? Parents are just used to just answering whatever it is. Like, if you are a, let's say, a business coach, and your kid says, I have a question on business, and you know the answer of how to coach him, then I could understand, Avi, you tell me don't give advice to my kid, so what am I supposed to say? You know, How do I not give advice? But I get asked this question all the time, what am I supposed to say? And I say, do you know? And the parents are like, no. But they still think that they have to say. Because we get used to, when the kids are little, that we have all the answers. We have all the answers. So they're going to be 18, 16, 18, 20 years old, and they're going to have a question. I hate God. I'm supposed to love Him. He tortured me. Nebuch, Rahman al-Litzlan, right? He caused me so much pain. He ruined my life. I want to die. And your question is, what do I tell him? You don't know. I, I don't know if I should this or I should that. Well, before we talk about what you should say, do you know? We don't know. We don't know. And even if you know, you shouldn't say it because what they need is sympathy and empathy. That's what they need. Learn what sympathy and empathy is. Don't give advice. You don't go to someone in pain and you don't give advice. As Theodore Roosevelt said, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay? It doesn't matter what you're going to say. And if you're going to say something smart, the next day, so let me think about it and I'll get back to you. But when, when he says to you, like you just said, why did God do this to me? You don't know. So what are you supposed to say? You're supposed to say, I don't know. But you're not alone. I'm with you. I'm also angry. I'm also, I don't understand. Why did God hurt my child? I'm with you in your pain. First, home sweet home kid. Is it a true story? All my stories are true. And I, I the more I do this, the more I remember stuff. I wish I had a better memory. I, there's so much more. They taught me everything. That experience of opening a home for kids who were on the street, anti-religious, with tattoos, eating on Yom Kippur, rebels who got thrown out of everywhere. Some of them got thrown out of rehabs. Some of them got thrown out of psych wards. You know, that was the entrance to get in. And, and I liked them so much. And none of them deserved to be in psych wards. They were just trauma victims, one after another, abuse and trauma. And, and, and they're great guys. And the, the proof is, look at them. Look at them. Where, where did all the crazy stuff go? And it just evaporated when we gave them the medicine that I'm teaching you to give, which is boosting self-esteem and saying, I'm with you. So this kid is in my dining room. This is, I was 30 years old. I was a, I was a little schnook. And I had no experience and no training. He's in my dining room, cursing Hashem, B'Shem Malchus, you know, fully. F, you know, stuff, whatever, G-O, you, and he's cursing God. And I'm thinking to myself, I learned in Philly, all right? I didn't hear this there. You understand? There was no training for this. And then I went to the mirror, and then I went to Kyle, and then it, this is like only a few years later. Okay, and I've heard stuff, I, 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 you know, but I never heard this. What am I supposed to say to him? And I'm thinking, literally, while he's saying, I am thinking in my mind, Hashem, please give me siyat to the Shema. Hashem, please tell me what to say. When he finished, I didn't interrupt him. Now, what, what people say, what a lot of people would say is, you, how could you talk like that? How could you talk like that? Is the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. If what happened to him, where's Al Tadan Eschavercha Ad Shetagiyalim Kaimai? 
Don't judge someone. If what happened to him, why, why don't we just trust him that what happened to him is so overwhelmingly painful that he can't control it. And if we could inject their pain into our veins in one minute, 30 seconds, we would be sounding very much the same. People say things when they're in pain that are that are not pretty. So he's, he's expressing himself. And if you would know his story that I learned over time, I'm not saying we would curse God, but we, we could... It hurts. It hurts. His life was totally destroyed. He was a sweet, nice, smart, good kid. Just like all the other kids in his family and in the neighborhood, his life was destroyed by a monster and, and made him go crazy. And then he was thrown out and he lived on the street. And, and he, he, I mean, Rahmanul Litzlan. So now he, he's by me, you know, and he's cursing God. I'm just listening. I knew not to say, you know, you can't say that. Why are you saying that? How could you say that? I, that smart, I, 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 that was enough smart not to do that. I was saying, Hashem, please, what do I say? And when he finished, and I let him finish, always let, let it ooze out. Put, put your mouth on mute. Don't interrupt it. Let it come out. Let them, and, and, and first of all, you could just cry. You could just cry with them. Because it's all pain. It's all pain. You could just cry. And that could be the biggest tikkun, the biggest thing that you could do for them, is if, if you you stand like this and you take God's side, right? You're not human. Your son is saying that I'm in tremendous pain. God ruined my life. And, and you don't cry for your son? And he thinks like, wow, you're not a human being. If, 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 uh, if a guy outside beat him up with a baseball bat and he was all bruised up, you'd be crying and angry. And who sent that guy? God. So now God sent this pain, whoever abused him or traumatized him or whatever it was, and he's opening up to you and telling you I'm in so much pain, which thank God he's doing. That's good that he could open up. You don't have answers. You know what Gilgal and why God does bad, uh, hurts. Why Maishu Rabbeinu had the same question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And why do good things happen to bad people? That's Maishu Rabbeinu's question to God. And he said, I'm not telling you. We don't get that answer. All right. So, when he finished, I said, "You know, I think you have the most emuna since any Jew since Avraham Avinu." So he looks at me. Like, I'll never forget. This is twenty plus twenty three years ago. He looks at me and he says, "You just shot." I said, "You really believe in God, and you believe in Ashkacha Pratis. You believe that everything happened bad happened to you because God sent it to you." I said, that's tremendous emuna. You're Maimon and Hashem and you know that every horrible thing that that kid who abused you and this person who did that and your father who beat you and living in a church was all hashkacha prat. You really believe in that? I, said, I never saw anybody with such emuna. He said, wow, I never thought of it like that. And I'll tell you, I have emuna in Hashem but I have emuna in, in, in kips, in these kids in pain. Because three weeks later he was putting on tefillin. Three weeks later, he was putting on tefillin. And he left home, sweet home, fully from Shabbos, everything. And after I knew what, what he went through, I'm thinking, I don't think I could survive a hundredth of that. These are our strongest kids. They suffer so much, and very often in silence. And very often when they express it, people say dumb things to them. You know what you're supposed to say? Nothing. You're supposed to say, I am so sorry for your loss. Is what we say when someone suffers a loss. We don't start saying, how could you talk like that? What are you saying? That, I have nothing to say to you. 
I'm so sorry you went through that. It's a tragedy. Childhood trauma is a tragedy. Like every trauma and every sickness and every illness, you don't go to someone who has cancer, and that's so easy. As soon as they have, you know, the C word, they could curse, they can this, you know, someone's leg is amputated, and he curses God, nobody judges him. These people are suffering inside of them, and I get emails from so many people saying, you understand me. There are so many people suffering in the, emotionally suffering, falling apart, and looking for healing, who are heroes. And very often they dress a little bit different, or they do something, and people are looking at them, like, why can't you just, you know, why can't you, you're not doing enough. They're not doing enough. Someone who has a stroke, I know someone who had a stroke, an older person, it took them a few months to be able to lift a soda can. So you're lifting 100 pounds, you didn't never had a stroke, and you're saying, that's the way you come to shul. You don't, you, you don't stay the whole time, you don't, blah, blah. I want to curse those people, right? Doesn't it make you want to boil? God judges effort. God knows your pain. Hashem knows your pain. And He sees that the effort that you're making to open up your eyes and get out of bed in the morning is more than all of these people, even with Dafyami and everything they're doing and going to the gym. And Yay for you. So if you never experienced debilitating emotional pain, thank Hashem and shut your mouth. Why is that so hard? Thank Hashem, shut your mouth, and open your arms and say, I'm sorry that you feel like you want to die every day. I'm so sorry for your pain. Now, where do I get this from? A Zayar and a Medrash. After the Ego, it's open, look in the Chumash, the original Bible, you can find it in any motel room. It says, after the Ego, Moshe Rabbeinu, he moved away from the Machna. He said, I, I, I can't deal with these people. Look, look at this. I go away, I'm a little late. They're killing them. This is horrible. He moved away from the Machna, from the camp. It wasn't like camp, like Camp Monk. It was like, the, that's where we lived, was called camp. Right? And then, there's an unbelievable Pasuk. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Vishav el Hamachna. Go back to the Machna, to your people. Rashi brings down a Medrash, Hashem tells Moshe, Imani bakas, ve'ata bakas, if I'm angry, and now you're angry, imkane me a caravan. If so, who's going to be of them? Who's going to bring them back? It's like Hashem is saying, they got beef with me, right? Now you're taking my side, Moshe Rabbeinu. Thank you very much. I don't need you on my side. They need you. Who's going to be Makarov? Who's going to heal these people who feel lost and cut off from God if not for you parents and community and Rabbanim and older sisters and brothers and aunts and uncle? Don't take God's side. God doesn't need you on his side. And he tells that it's often an open medrash. Vishav al-Amach Hashem says, no, thank you. He called Maisha's movers. That's probably how it got the name. And took his tent and moved out. Hashem says, go back to them. What do you mean? I don't want to be with them. They're, they're so sinful. They, they break Shabbos. They smoke on Shabbos. They have tattoos. I don't want to be with them. And Hashem says, bakas, bakas, Your job is to be with your people. You never abandon your kids. You never abandon any Jew. You never abandon your people. That's number one. Don't take God's side. He could handle himself. Take your kid's side. Have sympathy and empathy and say, I am so sorry and feel his pain. Feel his pain. You will have tears coming out. It's the biggest thing you can do for him. I'm not alone. I have parents. And really, if you really felt his pain, 
You would be so broken. You wouldn't have time to think about the Averis. Think about his pain. If you could feel and you could see his heart, his broken heart, we just had now a girl who started keeping Shabbos in TP. Baruch Hashem, Mitz Hashem, by all of you. And she told her parents now, they're in TP almost three years. She said, every time I broke Shabbos, my heart broke. I, 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 and I'm thinking, you know, we all think like, oh, they're just not from, they're break. She said, my, it was, my heart was broken. I couldn't. I couldn't. They're so holy. They're so pure. And when anybody tells you, I am in pain, and of course, you know, the fact that they're angry at Hashem shows that they believe in Hashem. And Hashem will take care of themselves. There was a kid who did a, a vera and her father said, how could you do this to God? How could you do this to Hashem? And the kid said, Tati, don't worry about me and God. Okay? Don't worry about our cheshbon. We go back a long time and he started. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the kid went through childhood trauma and he was trying to hold on and he davened and he davened and he said, please Hashem, let me, let me be able to sit still. Let me not be, you know, ADD and ADHD, which is all results of trauma as well. Please let me remember because he couldn't remember all kinds of problems. And he dived into Hashem so much and Hashem, we don't know why, did not answer his tefillahs at that time. We don't understand why. And now the father kept, oh, look what he's doing. Now? You're coming in now? Right? That's like what happened. That's what happened by Kriya Yamsuf. When the angel, the Sire of Mitzrayim said, wait, wait, wait. He told the Sire of the Mayim, the, 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 the guy in charge of the water, Right? He said, shut the water. He said, no, no, I'm not going to do it. He said, they're the same. Oh, look, I caught him. He's, he's smoking on Chavez. He's the same as the Italian guy, you know, Italian, a Frenchman, and a Jew smoking on Chavez. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. They're not the same. No, I have it on video. Look, he's bowing to idols. Oh, genius. You missed 210 years of slavery. Hello? Where were you? You weren't in shul. Shemais for Rabbi. You come to Bishalach in the shul. Oh, wait, you can't do this. That was the answer that Hashem said. Shaita Sheba Eilam. The biggest shaita you are. Bechiladatam Avduha. You know, when, when you look at the video of Rabbi Gershon Edelstein, Zechet Tzadik V'Kadosh Levracha, and I said, how do you look at the kids who go off the derech? Kids any age. And he said, Anusim. They're forced to sin. They're Oynes. What a beautiful way to look at the world. Not angry, not taking the God, and we have to kill them. Everybody wants to be Pinchas. And the tzaddikim, kindness. He lived in a world that, obviously, if you're not from, you're not behaving, obviously, it's because you're forced. If Hashem went ahead right now and revealed Himself to all of us, 100%, and took away all of our pain, we would all be from. So the fact... That someone is not is because of gullus and pain and tsar and Hashem concealing himself and all of that. Because we all know how we feel when we go to the Kaisal or we go to a certain Levaya or we have Yom Kippur by Nila. When things are clear, we, we would never sin. Nobody ever sins. you got to be stupid to try to sin against God. But yet, So that happened then. Oh, I got a picture of your kid is smoking on Shabbos. Machal Shabbos, Professor, and he's a good guy. Hang on. You missed the story here, buddy. Shaita Sheba Eilam. And that's what Hashem said. Bechiladatam Avdua. You think they had das, knowledge, when they served idols? And remember, we built our own Getsh Gashtiblach. We built our own shuls for idol worship in our neighborhoods. So that sounds like we had plenty of knowledge. 
And we bowed and we, we seemed like very, you know, like you speak to people and they say, I'm an atheist, I don't believe. And they seem very, very well grounded. All of that doesn't count because they're enslaved. We were in Gullus. Doesn't count. They could say I'm an atheist. They could say anything they want. And I, I know what I'm doing. And of course I'm going to go about to idols. And this is what I believe in. Don't say a word. Don't argue with intellect. Hashem says, That's not das. They only served it because of shibud, enslavement. Shibud is addiction. Shibud is being, is being stuck in anything. And tear of das. What's tear of das? Cuckoo. Our kids don't have tear of das. Any kid who doesn't have tear of das would stay in school and would serve Hashem, or even by the Goyim. You stay with your family, you don't drop out of school and smoke weed and get violent and get crazy. Tear of Das? They don't have Tear of Das? I don't know what stamps your kid has. In this room, we have every single stamp from A to Z. ADD, ADHD, OCD, MP3, JFK, the whole, every single stamp is on these kids. Bipolar, Bipolar 2, Bipolar 6. You know what stamp they have? Tear of Das. Not responsible. When, when, like Rabbi Gershon said, with his pure, holy eyes, connection to the Chazanish, he said, I said, oh, how long could you be in Inus for? Five years? Look at the video, right? He says, yeah, like, there's no time limit on this. I said, when are they not going to be in Inus? When are they going to be held accountable? He said, when they're happy. When they're misameach b'chelkai. When they have a life. When they're successful. Then we can worry about, when you have a stable this world, Olam Hazah, you can worry about Olam Abba. Okay, that's the Medrash. Then there's another one, the Zayir HaKadosh. I'm going to end with this. I keep on saying it because every time I say it, I feel it deeper. So I hope every time you hear it, you can feel it deeper. Zayir HaKadosh. Mi lanu, who's, who's holier than... Zayir HaKadosh. Atana Aleki. Ibshimen Ba'echai took off time from learning to go visit the sick people. And he goes and he sees a guy, and the guy, it says he had stomach pain, and he was cursing Hashem, exactly what we're talking about. He was cursing God. So the Zayar HaKadosh says, it's, an, it's fascinating. It's it's fascinating. Zayar HaKadosh goes over to him and says, so you believe in God, right? Because you're cursing Him. Right? So if you believe in God then why are you cursing him? Why don't you pray to him to take away your sickness? Right? Even better than what I told him. I told the guy, I said, oh, you believe in God, you're a Maimon. He's like, oh, you believe in God to curse him, right? So why don't you believe in God to pray to him? Good question. We would all say, you did very well. The guy says to Rav Shimon you're right. I pray to Hashem to take away my sickness and give it to you. Shimon Ba'echai says, he's right. I'm wrong. I should have stayed in Bismedrish. It's Bittal Taira. I went to visit sick people to make them feel better, not make them feel worse. If you go to somebody who's sick, or in your case, they're living in your house, and you make a sick person feel worse, that's the worst thing you can do. The Zahra Kaddish says, you're right, you don't go to someone in, in tremendous pain and tell him how to express his pain 
and give him beautiful ideas. You think he never thought of it? You think he didn't daven? But I want to say, and this is totally my own, but I think it's Emes Lamitai, but, but I'm just, you know, if you don't like it, it's Purim Taira. So you can't criticize me. What's Pshat? I, 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 I daven to Hashem to take it away from me and to give it to you. I think Pshat was, and then let's see how you, how you are. You're, you're criticizing the way I'm handling with the pain. I daven to Hashem to give it to you, and then you'll see how you curse God. And, and that's the feeling that we have to have that when you hear your kid curse God or curse the community, if I had his pain, would I do better? I have no right to say that. We don't judge someone until we're in his place. Take his side. Take his side. If I went through what he went through or she went through, I would be, I would be much worse. So we don't criticize what they're saying. Because by doing that, first of all, you're not letting them express, you're not doing anything right, but you're also not really feeling their pain. It's too hard for you to feel. So instead of feeling pain, I just say, ah, I don't talk like that. Now I don't have to deal. Wow, beautiful, very, very, um, very easy, and very convenient. I don't have to really feel your pain, and I don't have to cry. People who deal with with those who Nebuch suffer a loss, like for Chai Lifeline, they don't tell people, don't say this, don't do this. They hold them and, 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 they, and they hold them and they say, I, I'm so sorry for your pain and they cry with them. That's sympathy and empathy that you have to have for your kid. And that's, that's the medicine. That's what they need from us. I believe in you. Or as they say in English, right? Don't judge someone until you walk a mile with their shoes, in their shoes, right? So someone said, okay. And then after you walk a mile... So you, you walk, you're a mile away from the guy and you have his shoes. Just you know, keep his shoes and keep on walking. Don't judge. And the fact that I think I have an answer is not true. The fact that I need to answer, don't ever answer, especially if you don't know. And first, show sympathy and empathy. Clear? Okay. Interesting that two parents had the same question. But it's, it's a repetitive thing and it's going to be for everything. Don't give advice. If you ever do want to give advice, then you say, wow. This is a really big problem because they can't figure out the answer. So you're being machshiv them. You're showing them that they're smart because when you shoot out an answer right away, they feel dumb. I have this big problem. Pop, what do I do? Oh, do that. It means that, oh, so I'm an idiot. I've been thinking about it for six weeks and you have the answer. Say, you know what? That's a really, really good, a really big problem. This way, that way. How about this? Oh, I hear you. I hear you. You know what? Let me think about it overnight. And then when you give them the answer, first of all, check with me first if you should answer, because many times you shouldn't. But then if you're going to answer, they're going to be machshev, they're going to appreciate that you spend time thinking about their issue, and they're going to accept your advice much, much better. You're going to say it better, if you're supposed to say it, you'll say it smarter and better, and they'll be able to accept it better as well.